Welcome to More of That Presents Discographology, the podcast where a Springfield, Missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog, one album at a time. I am Matt. I play guitar. I'm Josh on bass. I'm Logan on guitar. I'm Blake, and I play the drums. And we are More of That. Hello, this is your Midnight Marauder Discographology program. I am in your iPhone. Josh will be enhancing your podcast with certain facts that you may find beneficial. The average length for your discographology program will be in the area of 120 minutes. We hope that you will find our presentation precise, Blake heavy and just right. Thanks. Welcome back to Discographology, the show where seven times out of ten we listen to our music at night. I, I'm guessing. I don't even know if that's true. I'm just going to say it. Seven times out I of do. ten we listen to our music at night. I do probably as well. Um, today we are concluding our first series on a Tribe Called Quest by looking at their third album, 1993's Midnight Marauders. Before we go through the history of this album, we'll talk about real quickly everybody's relationship to the album, how you listened this time. Um, I will start off by saying this is one I own on CD. I kind of annoyingly bought it on CD before the vinyl seems to be now at Walmart and such. And so uh, I would have bought it on vinyl, but couldn't find it at the time. So picked up the CD and um, despite owning it that way, I actually listened to it more often on Spotify and iTunes after I ripped it to iTunes just because it was easier when I was working on stuff at the computer to listen to it. Um, but I hadn't really ever heard it before. Um, I'd heard Low End Theory more than I'd ever heard Midnight Marauder ex- except for this go around. And uh, it is a good listen in headphones, though. There's some cool stuff in headphones for sure um, when you listen to it that way. But uh, what did everybody else, how did everybody else listen to it? What was your kind of uh, knowledge of this album before you listened for this project? Well, um, I had heard of this record, but but not heard. Uh, and as with most of the things that I uh, get into uh, for the show, uh, a lot of uh, in my earbuds, usually standing over the sink. But um, and definitely, it was a record that was uh, well served by by headphones. I would I would agree. Yeah, I have no history with this. Never heard it other than a few lines, which I'll talk about later. And I, I listened the usual ways. You you know what it is by now, because uh, I don't own a vinyl or CD, Apple Music in the car, and headphones and stuff. So I had, back a long time ago when I was younger, and discreetly downloaded music unofficially. Wink, Lime wink. Wire. I had downloaded Midnight Marauders just because I think I had seen q-tip on Chappelle's show you know like most of middle america and uh decided to give that a spin so i i'd only listened to it a uh a few times uh several years ago and for the most part i i i had enjoyed it um but i hadn't really listened to it critically until now but i ended up getting a vinyl copy so that's predominantly how i listened also on, you know, at home on studio monitors and in the car on my commute to work. So uh, I got in a, a lot of listens. 
All right, let's go ahead and jump into the history of 1993's Midnight Marauders. Following the success of low-end theory, there wasn't much left for Q-Tip and a tribe called Quest to prove. They had shown their critical worth many times over at this point, and their commercial power was now established as well. Q-Tip was also in high demand as a producer, working with Nas on his classic album Illmatic, as well as Run DMC's Down with the King. Additionally, Ali Shaheed Muhammad and Fife Dog had made guest appearances here and there, including on Shaquille O'Neal's records. Yeah, you all were talking about producing people and labels and stuff. Now, what's the association with Shaquille? Oh, Fife and myself, we did um, two songs on Shaquille O'Neal's album. Did some stuff with Tony, Tony, Tony. Um, we have this guy um, named D'Angelo coming out. and His stuff is... His stuff he's is, like 18. He plays like nine instruments. His stuff is like... He'll be here. Crazy. He'll be here. <laughs> Also, Q-Tip had done some movie acting, starring in John Singleton's Poetic Justice alongside Janet Jackson in the summer of 1993. Do you love me, baby? Of course I love you. Tell me why. Tell me why you love me. Right now? Yeah, right now I want to know. Because you fucked. Oh, that's deep. But you were good, man. Tiny. How, how many? Think was, so? Was that your acting debut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just enamored with anybody who touches Janet Jackson, you know. But t- tell them about it. Um, it was cool. We shot it actually in Simi Valley, where they had the court case for the um, Rodney King trial. And it was actually the day that the verdict came in, so it was type hectic. But Janet and John, you know, they kept their heads. They was especially Janet. She's real cool and down to earth. By the time they set out to write and record their follow-up, the ground beneath their feet had shifted in the hip-hop world. The hot new sound was coming from the West Coast, with former NWA members Dr. Dre and Ice Cube leading the pack, as well as newcomer Snoop Dogg. Midnight Marauders in particular, it was just a good time. You know, it was, um, we was enjoying it, you know, we was riding out and it was all sorts of different music that was hitting at the same time. Yeah. So, whereas, like we just mentioned, you had Tribe, which can be considered a certain type of hip-hop, if you want to get like technical about it. You had Doggy Style, and then you had AMG, and you had the Ghetto Boys, and then Wu-Tang, and then you had, um, I don't know, you had Souls of Mischief. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And everybody, it wasn't really anything that was obscured, because the bar was so high. The level of entry, like to get in, you had to really be nice. So when it was going on then, it was just a great time because we would all acknowledge each other. Um, We would acknowledge the music and everything. The musical rivalry between East Coast and West Coast would soon balloon out of control into a violent and deadly rivalry. But for now, it remained musical. Regardless of coast, both sides were having to deal with a change in how labels viewed hip-hop artists. Author Hanif Abdul-Karib writes that initially record companies didn't seem too concerned with sampling as they saw hip-hop as a fad. But in 1991, Grand Upright Music sued Warner Brothers because of Bismarck's song Alone Again, which used Gilbert O'Sullivan's original song. A judge ruled in O'Sullivan's favor and Bismarcky was almost given jail time for the sampling. Shortly thereafter, the Turtles sued De La Soul for using their song, You Showed Me. The success of these suits prompted every artist that had been sampled by hip-hop 
to look at these lawsuits as a new way of making money. Scared record companies now had artists go through the process of clearing a sample before an artist could use it. This was expensive, and sometimes they had to find loopholes, like Dr. Dre, who would recreate many sounds live in the studio rather than sample. You also did have some older artists like George Clinton who were happy to cheaply let rappers use their songs for sampling, hence the prolific amount of Funkadelic samples in this era. All of this is to say that the days of Paul's Boutique, Three Feet High and Rising, and Low End Theory were in the past. Unlike those classic albums, the next one wouldn't have nearly as many samples, although it still contained a fair amount and in some ways represented the end of that era of hip-hop. To work on creating the songs for Midnight Marauders, Q-Tip set up shop at Fife's grandmother's house in the basement. There are some different possibilities as to why this was the place chosen to write and demo songs. One reason might have been due to Fife's health, which was in a bad place thanks to his diabetes. It's also possible that this setup was a way to keep everyone in good spirits and working together. Fife confessed to the source in 1993 that, quote, There was mad times when I wanted to quit. Everybody was frustrated and beefing and like, fuck it. End quote. In the same interview, Tip said that Fife had a tendency to wander, and when that happened, Tip had to page him repeatedly to get him to come work on songs. Thus, the setup at the basement at his grandmother's house might have been a way to provide a comfortable atmosphere for Fife to work on songs. Regardless, it was clearly a relaxed environment. Rapper Large Professor, who would guest on the album, recollects, quote, Fife would just be there chilling, watching a basketball game or something, playing a video game, and just listening to the beats like, yeah, yeah, I like that right there. It was just so casual and cool, just kind of sitting there and chilling out, going to get something to eat, going through sounds and picking the sounds out, telling a few jokes, watching some television. It was really nice. It wasn't forced in any way, end quote. Also, Jerobi would return occasionally to provide comic relief and hang out while they worked on songs. Although it's worth noting that in the same interview where Tip talks about Fife wandering, he commented that Jerobi didn't have a pager. So when he went off, you just, quote, had to wait for him to show back up. Tribe called Quest consists of four members. Fife Dog, Ali, Shahid, Muhammad, Q-Tip, and Jerobi. A E I O U and sometimes Y. After the songwriting and demoing process was done, the trio moved over to Battery Studios again, as well as some work done at Platinum Island Studios and Sorcerer Sound. Once again, Bob Power helped with the album. Instead of cleaning up samples this time, though, Power was instructed by Tip to leave some background noise and crackles in the sample to give the album a grittier sound. Also joining was Skeff Anselm and Large Professor. In the end, the album sounded cleaner than low-end theory, according to Power, and Tip would chalk this up to the use of the SSL mixer, which he says added sheen. When it came to the finishing touches, Tribe made another statement regarding this new era of East Coast-West Coast feuding. Originally, Q-Tip wanted the album cover to be the model from low-end theory on a bed with headphones covering her crotch. When this was turned down by the label, he proposed the model walking through New York with headphone jacks coming out of her head connected to headphones worn by a group of people. 
This never came to fruition, and instead it became an image of the model with a who's who of hip-hop in the background wearing headphones. The various rappers were told to make a face like they were listening to the new album for the first time. The list of rappers on the album is extensive. Ice-T, The Beastie Boys, Chuck D, Too Short, Farside, Dr. Dre, and relatively unknown at the time, Puff Daddy. According to Ego Trip's book of rap list, there are a reported 71 different hip-hop luminaries on the cover. With this, Tribe was making a statement that they were not taking any sides. They just loved the genre and wanted to show respect for all those men and women who also loved this medium. Tupac has been like the blood of everybody's, you know, um, conversation when it comes to hip-hop. You can't say hip-hop if I say Tupac or Snoop Dogg, for that matter. Being that they both found themselves in mishaps, you know what I'm saying? Which, uh, you know, being that they're public figures, now all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying, everybody is putting the banner of the weight of hip-hop on their shoulders, you know what I'm saying? And personally, I feel like that's wrong for everybody to do. Just because Snoop Dogg and Tupac had incidents, which we don't even know, you know what I'm saying, because you can't believe everything the media says all the time. We don't even know how it really actually went, you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, all the hip-hop is to blame, all of hip-hop is to suffer, because they're human beings. You got politicians that are doing crimes, that are greater than what they do, that are affecting nations, you know what I'm saying, that are affecting, they have, they committing genocide, you know what I'm saying? Here it is, you got two brothers, you know what I'm saying, who are put in the ghetto, or surrounded by situations which, if you use your common sense, you're going to try to get out of anyway, you're going to get out the best way you can, you know what I'm saying? Taking its title from a song on low-end theory, Midnight Marauders hit shelves in November of 1993. On the last episode, I mentioned that the release date for low-end theory was shared by Nirvana's Nevermind. Similarly, Midnight Marauders was released the same day as another legendary album, Wu-Tang Clan's debut, Enter the 36 Chambers, the week after Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style was released. If 1991's release date is the day mainstream music changed forever, 1993 is possibly the year mainstream hip-hop changed forever. In a lot of ways, Midnight Marauders was the final A Tribe Called Quest album that could be a contender for their best. They would go on to record and release Beats, Rhymes, and Life in 1996 in a completely different atmosphere. Native Tongues would be a shadow of its former self, even though there was some new talent in their crew like Jay Dilla and Consequence. Also, by then, hip-hop's coastal feud was turning deadly. Tupac Shakur would be killed the same year as that album's release, and Notorious B.I.G. would be killed the year after. Fife had also moved to Atlanta the year following Midnight Marauders, giving even more literal separation to the group. In 1994, Q-Tip converted to Islam, and Fife would say that this made the atmosphere much more serious. By the time their next album, The Love Movement, was released in 1998, Fife says the chemistry was dead, shot, and the group announced they were breaking up. Eventually, the group would come back together and record their final album, We Got It From Here, in 2016, and their legacy would be secure. But for many years, the debate raged as to whether Low End Theory or Midnight Marauders was their best work. For many, including documentarian Michael Rappaport, Midnight Marauders is the Dark Horse favorite. It was pure hip-hop, from the sound to the album cover. This concludes... Midnight Marauder program. Press any key to return to the main menu. 
so we're going to go through it song by song, but I should mention that the first track I did not do a clip for because the first track on this is not a song. Um, it is a yeah. kind of voice thing, and that's the Midnight Marauders tour guide. Um, so the, the album begins with this this electronic voice uh, introducing itself as the narrator, the Midnight Marauders tour guide. Uh, that computer voice belonged to Jive Records A&R person Laurel Dan, and Q-Tip said that they used a computer voice as the guide because at the time, quote, everybody was used to hearing that kind of voice whenever they were calling a phone company or they were on hold. It was always some type of monotone female voice that had a computerized vibe that was giving you information. So I thought, how cool would it be if you called to pay your bill and you would hear the female voice start rattling shit off like keep bouncing? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't really know if we could really do much as far as rating this. Uh, I, I, I do like <laughs> I give the, it a, the connective. I give it a free uh, it's pass. It's a banger. It's the banger. <laughs> it's the banger. Yeah. Like I mean, secret it's tracks. Like, I, I like... give, I give like a free pass to like secret tracks, intros. I give, I give a free pass to. I like the connective tissue it provides. And I think the messages it kind of has interspersed are kind of cool. It gives, definitely gives you insight into what tribe's ethos and sort of attention was on, um, in terms of the social political world at the time. I... But yeah, I don't know what else to say, Matt. You got some thoughts? I, I appreciated the uh, the BPM call out. I just, <laughs> yes, I, I'm always going to be a fan of more technical information. You know, just yeah, g- exactly. give it to me. Yeah. I, Average BPM ninety five, <laughs> and yeah. I think it's worth noting that she says she is the person on the cover. That freaks me out. By the way, it's weird. It freaks me out <laughs> when I so saw that, the cover that, that and pa- that face. Painted, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm like, like I don't okay, like I g- this. I guess that's... She's looking at me right now. I don't like she's, this. She's our tour guide. Um, uh, she, oh, so what's what's going on with the cover? Like, is that a... I mean, what's what's being held down there? Is that a I, microphone? Like I said, the original <laughs> was supposed a... to be like the music is coming from the... I don't know. Yeah, I guess before we move on to the songs, though, does anybody have thoughts on the, the cover itself? It's kind of a, a very famous album cover um of this time it has all the different hip hop yeah. luminaries on there uh and there's three That's different covers you could get that had different people i i like that the character has returned from from low end theory yeah. i i mm-hmm. think that yeah. that kind of thematic connection is 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 good is it a gun i like anything where you can pick out all the faces and 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 try to name each one it's like a little challenge for yeah. for real heads yeah what'd you say logan is it a gun <laughs> It looks like she, that she could be hands. clapping her, yeah, yeah like hands, yeah. hands clapped, like or something. Because I always interpreted it like whenever I saw the album the first time, like I thought it was someone like holding like a gun down between their legs, like getting ready to like hmm. shoot. But then I was like, well, because it's this is the same, this is the female from Low End Theory that's painted, yes. right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So because at one point I was like, is that some kind of, you know. Never yeah, mind. It looks like a dingaling, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> a little dingaling there <laughs> ne- ne- is what's going on mind. there. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking that. <laughs> nice. Good point. Uh, all right. Well, we can go ahead and get into the songs then. So it, it officially starts with track two Steve Biko, Stir It Up. A 
Tribe Core Quest represent, represent the dog is scientific with the styles I invent. A Tribe Core Quest represent, represent MCs like to metal. But here's my proposition: I let my lyrics flow and jump to hope. So the the title of this track combines the Bob Marley song "Stir It Up." with the name of an anti-apartheid activist in South Africa, Steve Biko. Um, despite that, if you notice, Biko is rarely brought up in the lyrics to the song. So I'm not sure why exactly they named it after him. Maybe they just wanted to give a shout out to the martyred civil rights leader. I don't know. Um, as for my own opinion about the track, though, um, while the introductory track to Low End Theory Excursions has probably my favorite opening line of a tribe song, this one's a close second. Um, I love the way the horns come blaring on like an alarm and Fife starts rhyming with that Linden Boulevard represent, represent, and then right before the beat drops, he cuts off the last line, which somehow to me gives it like more energy. I don't know why, but he says that Eric B for Preza, and then he stops and the beat kind of drops and gives you the dent there. I don't know. It was kind of a mm. cool little thing and just really kicks off the energy on this track. And uh, I, I just I just dig this one. I love on the fourth verse. I'm sure somebody's going to mention this. I think, Matt, this seems like something you would mention, Matt, on the fourth verse when it everything drops out except the scratching and tip yeah. tip wrapping yeah. and just does a do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, but uh, this, this is a great one. I think it's a, it's a great starter for this album, for sure. I, I did uh, note the, the scratching. Um, I, I liked it quite a bit. I... This one didn't grab me as much as Excursions did, but I do think it's a strong uh, opening track. Um, I love the geography. Uh, obviously, uh, Linden Boulevard, you know, specific New York geography, not just, you know, states and cities. Um, you know, the, the horns really cut and, and sound great. Um, so is the Stir It Up a sample from uh, the vocal Stir It Up? Uh, no, because it kind of sounds like not. they throw to to Ali Shahid Muhammad. I, I didn't know if he was uh, was was singing that part, but um, I love Q-Tip coming in laughing. Uh, it just really has kind of a, a laid back uh, feel to it. And um, I, I hadn't made this uh, comparison to Fife Dog uh, previously, but but he uh, he references Muggsy Bogues, uh, so I, I, I you know. Uh, uh, short yeah. King, uh, 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 calling out, um, uh, another, I'm going <laughs> to be here for that. And then, um, I, I also just really liked the, uh, the throwing out the wicked, like God did the devil line. I, I think that that's just a really good line. Yeah. So the, this, uh, album is the first to start with Fife, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thought that was interesting They they let him kick this one off. And so first impressions, it, they they've gotten more sophisticated and maybe a little bit tighter. Of course, technology used to do sampling and all that stuff in hip hop has, has is, is rapidly uh, um, evolving in this time period. There is, this will come up again and again, but there's definitely, uh, as you talked about uh, in the intro, more, more crackle vinyl crackle mm-hmm. um, that it purposely was not cleaned up as, as much as, it was in uh, low end theory how they talked about. I guess they had Bob Bob Power uh, noise reduce samples and stuff. Um, it's not a bad thing, but it's very clear that that these these samples are dirtier. Um, it it has a more a more sophisticated feel. Um, I also like the horn fanfare, and and you think it's going to be one thing, and then that that drops out, and it's a much more laid back, cooler sample, and that that's something they do. 
they've done before, I think on like check the rhyme and maybe a few others, they start with horns and then something a little more funky and laid back drops in the, the scratch part is definitely, I think the best part of the song, it's four full bars of scratching on the 16th notes and Q-tip is doing a syllable on each of the 16th notes. Mm. Um, okay, I am recognizing that the voice inside my head is urging me to be myself and never follow someone else because opinions are like voices. We all have a different kind, so just clean out all of your ears. These are my views and you will find that we revolutionize over the kick and the snare. Lastly, a really uh, interesting line from Fife. I let my lyrics flow and juxt your whole position. Oh, <laughs> interesting wordplay there. I thought. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I said another great opening track. I really, I, I'm really taken by the uh, the funky like your grandpa's drawers. Don't test me. <laughs> Is this the level of funkiness that they're trying to attain here? Because uh, I don't know. That, that was pretty funny. Uh, the line, yeah, yeah. the line, egos are all idle because the music is the task. I appreciate the sentiment, uh, but I do sense some ego from time to time from them. I don't know much about rap, but rhyme skill seems to inherently bring this idea of like a meta battle, a battle of wits or skills to outdo one another. Not each other, obviously, but other rappers. Um, I, I think we we hear more about that in the next song. I really, I, I made a note of, I love the tight rhyming over the scratched out part. Uh, that was a highlight, but I also am really into the, like the bass. Like, is that, is that like a bass doing like chords or, uh, I don't know. I just really like those bass notes that are being played, uh, on the sample. Um, yeah, I don't know. Doom, doom, bloom, bloom, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I like this track. Nice. Well, uh, that gets us to the third track, which is Award Tour. I'm I'm sorry I had to cut it off there. I, I feel like this one there's so many good little like couplets and it was hard to kind of pick which where to clip it exactly. So try to get the hook in there, which uh you know this this hook is sung by Trigoy the Dove, who is a member of De La Soul. By the way, if you didn't figure out Trigoy is yogurt backwards. Uh, and, oh and, the, and the hook is uh. an interpretation of an older line from a Malcolm McLaren song called Hobo Scratch. Um, and Q-Tip decided to create, create this beat after noticing a reaction to the bass line from a 1992 song called Don't Walk Away by Jade. He was playing it at a party. People reacted to the bass line favorably, so he clipped that. Um, he also said later in an uh, interview, quote, I love the drums on a ward tour. And then there's that sample I used from Jade's Don't Walk Away. It's all about that bass line. I just wanted to flip it. So I went through some records and I got the roads to counter the melody and the bass line. I wanted some dra- drums that would smack that shit out of the park. Uh, end quote. <laughs> um, and this track, appropriately enough, became the leadoff single for the album. And given the critical response to Low End Theory, it's sort of a victory lap of sorts for the group. Um, I-, I feel like, by the way, this this one kind of sets or continues, I guess I should say, uh, with Steve Biko 
this sort of uh, tone of like they, they alternate in this album between these sort of mysterious samples and beats, as I kind of call them darker with these very celebratory kind of beats. And this one is, is one of definitely the most celebratory of the celebratory beats. Um, oh, yeah. Just very like joyous kind of feeling. And uh, I don't know. I really enjoy this one. Um, some great lines there. Like, you know, the lyrically I'm Mario, Mario Andretti on the Momo ludicrously speedy or infectious with the slow-mo uh, among other lines, but th- that's my thoughts on it. I like the, th- this one does have a, uh, a good sample and a, and a catchy hook. I liked how it, uh, their signature thing of going, even th- though this album does have a few interstitial, um, bits with the the laurel dan voice uh steve biko goes straight into a war tour no time wasted um i like that the line from q-tip i learned how to build mics in my workshop class i said very cool if true <laughs> it, I, I mean he was a computer science well. major yeah uh, exactly. at his high that's school. what i was thinking i was like he's he's a very he's a tech-minded guy he knows about the gear if he really can build mics that that raises my respect for him uh i will drop that this in here Uh, i don't mean to interrupt you but there is a clip you can find online talking about raising your bar for q-tip there's a clip of a time when kanye west was recording in the studio and i guess q-tip just happened to be there or was helping him work on beats and q-tip illustrates how he can pick a groove on a record repeatedly to drop the needle to loop a beat like he sits there with the needle and drops it on a groove and then can pick it back up subtly and redrop it on the same groove to continue to pick man it's crazy to watch him do it and he's just like yeah this is how we used to have to do it before we could you know oh my god (laughs) so it's like look look up that video tapes but even more difficult yeah look up that video it's pretty insane i'll have to find it i'll I'll send it to you if i could find it but you can and everybody in the studio is is just blown away by the way all these kind of young young guys are like what you know Anyway, I gotta see sorry. that award uh, tour though. Thoughts it's like on a award magic tour. trick? Yeah, I got a few a few thoughts. Um, the part where where Fife says uh, Shahid come in with the sugar cuts. I want to note someone on Genius said that uh, ironically, uh, despite this line about the sugar cuts, Fife did have diabetes, <laughs> and they didn't know if if that was an intentional play on words or not. Um, I do like the references to their to their DJ though. Um this one does have a, a music video which I I watched today and um if you haven't checked it out Tribe Called Quest uh YouTube videos are great for like um old head comments <laughs> like people in their 30s and 40s um saying basically like shit today ain't the same you know like <laughs> this is so, they're all they're all saying the same thing like this is this is the dopest and everything today sucks um and you know they're i, I get it uh, i wanted to bring your attention to a comment from brother jeff who said this new generation is so whack i drive uber and i played some tribe called quest for some teenagers and their simple minds said this is whack can you play migos future or drake SMH. <laughs> so, I agree with brother. I, I get the, yeah, I get the angry old man energy. I, to, I totally get that. I, I don't understand uh, contemporary music either. Brother Jeff. 
That's all I got. They have conks? Concubines? <laughs> How what? That's right. Uh it's it's Q typical and fine dog. <laughs> it, fine. it has a nice and mellow vibe, which they've proven to do well at this point. The interplay between the drums, the bass, and the roads is really cool. It's all separate samples, I believe. Uh, the layering, the layering makes it a solid head bobber. Uh, however, there's not a lot of substance here lyrically for me. Uh, it almost sounds as if they are just hyping their style and skills. And we and we do get that sense of traveling that they are known for, but it's it's one that doesn't stick out too much to me. I do like the line about building microphones in workshop class. I, I noted that as well. Uh, also, the play on words of award and a world is interesting. Yeah. Is is that a ah? I think so the I original think the original version is world tour. I'm on a world tour in the original the hobo scratch song but i do think they're yeah they call it award tour so they're obviously playing on the the wordplay there yeah yeah but that's about all i had i it, it was okay it seemed middle of the road to me i think i'm right there with you logan uh the main horn melody kind of grates on me in the same way that the uh everything is fair sample grated on me but i do like uh that that roads um rhythm uh Blake, you were talking about the uh, the sugar cuts line. Uh, my favorite yeah. line was the one right after uh, Five Dogs, my name, but on stage, call me Dino Mutt." Um, <laughs> I, I just yeah. thought that was that was really clever. Um, they they name a lot of places. I obviously I love the geography, and they're getting to all of these places uh, in their DC twenty aircraft. The lie truth sample was kind of a really interesting layer to add to the composition. Just uh, um, to count, you know, as kind of a counterpoint to the, the, the fast, uh, rhyming. And then, um, they called out bugging out, uh, somebody's bugging out. I also noted the, uh, the workshop clash. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, and while the first two, uh, records were, were really, um, really food heavy and there's some food here i feel like th this is this is the sports record uh we already mm -hmm. talked about um mugsy uh and um mario andretti uh and then the braves and the yankees make make an appearance here so uh we'll, we'll be we'll be seeing more of that coming up but uh oh yeah that, that was uh ding ding that was where, where i would they're they're touring like a sports team Nice. Well, uh, Fife Dog actually has quite a bit more to say, and so that gets us to track four, which is Eight Million Stories. Just last week, my girl was stressing me. Now her best friend being dressing me. But I was loving her by the moon ray. So over a beat that I feel sets the tone for this album's dark and moody beats, you know, there's sort of the dark and moody beats, and then there's the more celebratory ones. This is the first of that very atmospheric kind of dark sound. Uh, Fife talks about his problems, and uh, his problems include being robbed, accidentally burning his shirt while ironing it, Dealing with his little brother crying over a Barney toy, getting his car radio stolen, stood up for a date to the Knicks, 
accidentally flying to Boston instead of Georgia, spending forever trying to clear the samples for this album, and finding out his date is in the red zone when he tries to go down on her. And that's just the first verse. Uh, The beat for this one was not made by Tip. This was a Skeff Anselm production. And when asked about this song in a later interview, Fife said, quote, I don't know if I could say it's one of my favorites. I definitely like it, but I don't know if it's one of my favorites. We definitely had a lot of fun recording that because I was just being silly, making up, thinking of different scenarios to have a fucked up day. You know what I'm saying? So we put it together. Tip did the hook. Skeff Anselm did the beat, and it came together pretty dope. It's definitely a song that I like, but I don't know if I'd put it in my top ten. Um, for me, I think this is another good one, um, even though there is some questionable lyrical content regarding Fife's views towards the women around him. I think at one point he talks about pulling out his book of hoes, um, I believe. So, yeah, not great. But uh, I, I like the kind of just moody beat to this one. And, uh, yeah, it, it works for me. I'm also a fan of the moody beat, uh, the moody vibe. I love the bass line quite a bit. Um, mm. I love that it tells a story. However, the lyrics, like you said, aren't very respectful of women, which seems to be <laughs> more of a trend with the last two out with, with the, this album and the last. Uh, while I can't really relate to Fife Dog's problems, I can see how it's relevant to get some of that negativity out. Uh, it's very catchy, and I like the mood and the vibe, like I said. It is just a little one note, though, to me. It it could have been one of my favorites on this album if it weren't for some of the lyrics and lack of much variation. Um, also, the help me's at the very end are a little much. They go on forever. Yeah, they go on forever. But I don't know. Even though I love the, the mood and the vibe, uh, it was still a little uh, one note to me. The reason that this song doesn't work is it's not it does have a great beat i like the beat um i i think i'm more partial to the um kind of the the more minor key beats than than the celebratory beats but yeah this is i I feel like this is the the same kind of song that what was but you know in in that it's it's kind of an exercise where they're just you know they're they're going through and they're listing off problems and and there's there's more there's there's more phrasing here that then on on what but this is also like four and a half minutes and what was two and change i think uh to to your point about kind of being a little bit uh repetitive you know there's some funny bits uh obviously um mr belvedere comes up um (laughs) yeah i i like when when uh fife kind of goes into his uh his rude boy accent uh mario (laughs) andretti comes back john starks uh, gets ejected my favorite, uh, or well, I I, I kind of th- thought this this was interesting. Um, one of the lines I thought that he was saying, "Then we can locute," as in speak. But then I went and looked at the lyrics, and it says, "And then we can look cute." Which no, you know, it's mm, locute. I'm pretty. It sure. is locute. Lo-cute. Okay. Well, yeah, I thought so. Lo-cute, that, that, yeah. I just thought that was a really. Uh, a really clever line. Um, and I am locutus. Uh, apparently there's exactly, uh, there's also a Curtis blow song, uh, that's 8 million stories. I, I've, I've not, uh, listened to that, hmm. but, uh, well, and I that, guess Jay Z, I mean, this is on the, the genius thing. Maybe read this, that Jay Z drops a line about 8 million stories in, uh, empire state of mind. I think help me out, dog. 
more like 8 million repetitions of that. It's such a weird <laughs> – so it's like an entirely Fife song except um, Tip is like this kind of weird voice floating around in the background going from left to right speaker. I, am I getting that right? And so, mm. Just kind of going like, what? woe is me. I'm having problems. Help me out, dog. Yeah. I'm having problems. <laughs> I'm pro- it reminds me of like on um, Biggie tracks where um, – because he has to put himself in everything. Um, P- P- Puff Daddy will put his voice kind of low in the background, just being like, "Yeah, dog, check it out, dog." <laughs> and it's like, it's like you don't need to be here. Uh- I'm gonna start doing that in all your guys' songs, by the way, when you guys are singing. Just me in the background, kind of mumbling things, like, "Yeah, help me out, dog." Yeah, yeah. It's, and such a weird ending where it's at ad-, ad nauseum. Well, and it ends just- with "Help me, Muhammad." Help me, yeah. He's like, which is interesting, me, given tips uh, he converted to Islam the year after this. So, yeah, and it's, it sounds like he's clearing his throat. Muhammad, <laughs> but yeah, the first reference to Barney, not the last. Yeah. Um. Have Have we we're, noted? We're talking Barney the Fife. Purple Dinosaur here, right? Yes. Yeah. For sure. Correct, right. All right. Um. Five says bone a lot on like every album. <laughs> like, I, I have noticed that bone is, is the preferred. Uh, yes, um, boning and bone is rhymed with red zone. And as as Josh mentioned, I I really don't need that whole <laughs> bit. Uh, could didn't didn't need that in there. Yeah, uh, I do appreciate though that Bob Power once again shouted out shout out your engineer. You're doing well in in my book, so it's one of those. Everyone in the house, kind of a list of of people on the project. So yeah, okay. Uh, that gets us to track five, which has a title I can't really say. Uh, <laughs> so we'll just call it "Sucka Inward." Now the little shorty say it all of the time And a whole bunch of niggas throw the word in a rhyme Yo, I start to flinch as I try not to say it But my lips is like the oop as I start to spray it My lips is like the oop as I start to spray it My lips is like the oop as I start to spray it The sucker nigga Nigga, nigga I throw the sucker in the front Throw the ones that front The sucker niggas all right, so uh, over another bass and keyboard beat, Q-Tip pontificates on the history and meaning of the titular word, the one I, I cannot and will not say. Uh, the, the hook is a mixture of Q-Tip repeating that, as you just heard, along with the use of a slowed-down sample from uh, a song called MC Battle between Rodney C. and Busy B, which apparently was in a hip-hop film in 1983 called Wild Style. Uh, I see kind of a similarity between this one and infamous date rape on the last album because they both are this sort of tackling a serious topic song. They're both kind of placed similarly sequenced similarly in the mm. album um, coming a few tracks. in. however, I think unlike that song's lyrical content being reflective of attitudes in 1991 that haven't aged well, I think this song actually has a lot of ideas and lyrics that you could dissect and kind of reflect on to this day that hasn't necessarily aged in a poorer way. Um, they still kind of have some, some substance that you could definitely pull from. Um, Tip seems to be conflicted on the usage of the word in hip hop. On the one hand, he acknowledges that its meaning has been transformed by the youth to a term of endearment, as he puts it, despite it originating from a derogatory use by white people in the Deep South. But later on, he mentions that he flinches when he says it and that now all the shorties say it all the time. 
So I just think this song has a lot of depth, uh, more so especially than Infamous State Rape, although I do think there's similarities in, in where they land on the albums. And it, I realized later after listening to it, it's saying a lot that this song has the depth it does when you consider it's literally just one verse repeated twice and a hook. Like there's only one verse in the whole song. Um, he says it twice and yeah, I, I like this one. Um, it definitely, I think has a lot to chew on in terms of lyrical content. And I think it's, it's up for interpretation. Um, sort of what exactly Q-tip is trying to say about the N word, you know, in its use in hip hop. But, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't think I have much to add to your very succinct and, 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 uh, well-reasoned uh summary there um i i i do you know do kind of see it as see it similarly to uh infamous date rape um i do think it agreed that that it better accomplishes its evident goal or, or the, the the goal that you know i i get from listening to the song um just a couple of observations uh i do like anything where you're getting a, uh, turn the bass up in the speakers, uh, uh, little, uh, intro there, um, you know, ca- calling out to, to the producer. And one thing I, I noted was, uh, he, he's saying that his lips are like an oop um, mm-hmm. when he starts to spray it. And I, I remember hearing oop in everything is fair. And, and I guess that I'm, I'm assuming that's kind of slang for, for a gun, but, uh, yeah. Has has anyone else heard that uh, um, that so, euphemism or yeah, so Uzi. so uwap is a is slang for an Uzi. However, on Nas's Illmatic, which is the album that came out after this one that they were yeah. working on, um, it talks about uwaps as a name for a blunt. I guess there's a type of blunt that is like two cigars put together, like just a huge blunt uh, that is called <laughs> an uwap. As well, and so if you look up UWAP online, huh. like you get both definitions, but I think more so in a modern sense, you get the the blunt one. But I think here he means the Uzi one. Yeah, I don't think he's talking he, about joints here. <laughs> <laughs> um, because yeah, I think it's the Uzi because, as he says, despite uh, trying to maybe hold the word in, it just sort of sprays out like an like a machine gun would spray mm-hmm. bullets which i thought was a very interesting um visualization of, of the concept of this song yeah th- but this is a t- a tough one like on the the first listen i kind of recoiled because it's it's just like oh i'm white i oh, i i can't be <laughs> listening to this um but i i I think it's better than like a song like Infamous Date. Rape. Oh, for I, sure. I, I, do, yeah. I don't actually find this to be offensive um, uh, coming from uh, the rapper here. If if I were to do it, of course it would be offensive. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but like um, we're covering this. It, yeah, this is your choice of cover later. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh god. <laughs> this is the one we're gonna do. Um, guys. Oh yeah. We'll just say N word. But it, at its core, it's a call out song. Um, boy. Q-tip sure hates those those posers and the folks that are fake. Yeah. Um, He's the Holden Caulfield of hip-hop. Exactly. Holden's <laughs> back. And Holden in more than one way um, because he's, he says, musically, we are the herb, so sit back and light me. I thought that was one of the better mm-hmm. lines here. Oh, also, to, he says, to the dome is where the fear went. 
I thought that was kind of a fucking genius line, it, like speaking mm. to internalized racism. Although uh, a, a complaint, I repeating just using the same verse lyrics uh, over again for verse two. I don't really think that works in in hip hop in most circumstances. It's pretty noticeable. It seems a bit lazy. Yeah, it is, and it's like well, you're just doing the same thing again. Like we we know you can write rhymes and stuff. Like you could have done another verse. Or just made it a short song. I don't know. I I, I don't think that worked. Um, it's, it's worth noting at the end that there's another outro at the end of this one with our our elevator music and our our um, robot lady voice. She says, "You're not any less of a man if you don't pull the trigger. You're not necessarily a man if you do." I think it it could be a a commentary on violence and. Uh, maybe even on the use of this slur. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was an interesting thing to put at the end there. Yeah. I, I pretty much agree with everything that all, all you guys have said. So I don't have much to comment on. I do appreciate hearing uh, tips perspective on this subject. Um, here's my problem with the song. While I don't necessarily find the song offensive, um the song is unfortunately an earworm oh it is <laughs> i i, I feel like stop singing it poses this problem that i don't really want rattling in my head all day you know because it's it's gosh darn repetitive wouldn't you say guys uh it's just yeah. I don't want to be like singing that over and over in my head again and there was a couple times that i, I caught myself and i'm like uh yeah <laughs> this i don't know i don't know about that and i <laughs> yeah so i do lo- love the bass line again i love the jazzy keys but yeah that's that's about all i got on it well uh that gets us to track six midnight Kind of the titular track. So this song, I feel like, is kind of a... Uh, a it's got two songs that it is similar to. In, in some ways, it's the uh, paired song with 8 million stories, I feel like. It's that they both have a, a very mysterious, kind of dark, ominous beat. Um, that one was all Fife. This one is all Tip. And just like that one was all Fife kind of rapping about having a bad day, this one is Tip talking about life in his neighborhood at night. And uh, this one should be noted does feature former Tony, Tony, Tony member Raphael Sadiq playing bass credited as Raphael Wiggins. And uh, I also thought this song was sort of a spiritual sequel to After Hours from the first album. If you remember After Hours on uh, the very first Tribe album, sort of about life at night. uh, This one is a similar kind of one. I think this is probably a better song, though, than After Hours was. Also, uh, I should note that... I think if everybody here uses genius um, to do these, this has possibly the worst and most egregious genius use of verified commentary I've ever seen. Did anybody notice this on this one? Mm, what it no. said? So sometimes there'll be a little check mark by a verified commentator, and I saw it on this one, and I was like, oh, I wonder who did it. Sometimes it's Ali Shaheed Muhammad. 
Um, yeah. This one was from the Fila company. <laughs> And they literally, oh, I saw, they I literally, they literally just verified the line where Tip mentions wearing Fila and put like, he clearly has good taste in clothes or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> oh, what the man. hell? Why is this the verified commentary on this song? Like, it I just, know. it was ridiculous. But I like this one quite a bit. I think the beat is is top notch for sure. Sponsored ads on Genius Comments. <laughs> yeah, I. I love a good spiritual title track where it's just not quite the title track, but it has part of the title in it, and maybe it it carries some of the the, the vibe of the whole thing within it, and kind of a centerpiece type type song. I I really like this one. I really like the beat and the the that low synth, those four <laughs> notes. I think set a great mood. It sounds like the night somehow. It's a little bit dark. You know, I like the stuff that's a little bit darker and synthier. So it's one of my favorite beats musically for sure. Uh, again, it's so so much vinyl grit, so much crackle. If I were, can I do my bit? If I were a, a music critic in in 1993, I I wrote a line that I would that I would use if I were reviewing this. Mm-hmm. If I were a music yes, critic, please, Lay it please, on us. please do. Let's get let's get I, in the time machine and travel okay. back to 1993. All right. <laughs> 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 This uh, this record has more crackle than a Halloween candy variety bag. <laughs> All right, I am sorry. Oh man, that's uh, good. That's good, Blake. Uh, the word "fuck" was censored, and after the previous track, I was like, "Oh, that's rich." <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna take out. It is like, it is odd that they, sometimes he says it, and sometimes he purposefully doesn't say it. So the word fuck is removed, but fuck is used to rhyme with truck when they he says you would swear red man was inside the truck. So I was like, what? <laughs> but overall, I, I like it. And the, the outro, what, what the tour guide at the end talks about how the AIDS rate is going up, mm-hmm. but uh, education is uh, the key to making it go down. Mm-hmm. Very timely at the time. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm I'm right there with you, Blake. Uh, I my first note was like, now this is a song I can get behind. Um, it's definitely got mm-hmm. that dark alley kind of vibe, or it does have this kind of also like just this nighttime, almost just uh, I can almost hear woods or something like being out in the woods. Like it's just a weird synth patch or whatever they're using is very, uh, but just kind of walking around in the dark in a park maybe. Or it, it's just got that kind of nighttime feel. Um, but hearing the vinyl pops, uh, very nice touch. I like the slightly faster, a little bit more upbeat tempo. I'm kind of guessing this one is not liked too much. That was one of my notes. I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't think that you guys would like this one a whole lot. Um, or I. I don't know if overall if this is a well liked one by fans. But I certainly enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a good track. Uh, yeah, th- this one uh, is kind of for me where the album really starts to pick up. Um, I, I think overall this is a this is a back heavy uh, record, and and this is you know a, a really strong uh, contender. We've talked about the progression; it's great. Uh, that that climbing minor progression, re- you know, really does give that. Uh, that kind of almost um, eerie or, or sinister feel to it. 
Um, I, I love the, the talk about the dice game. Uh, scared money don't make none is such a great line. Uh, I, I took it down specifically. Um, don't really have a lot of notes on it, um, but uh, it's definitely a great song. The um, the voc- I don't know if it's a vocal sample or, or another you know synth patch, but the one, one, one uh, mm. really kind of, I, I think, either intentionally or at least for me, it, it makes me think of Sirens, you know, which <laughs> kind of uh, adds to that um, that night in the city feel. So gives you a scare I, if you're I, I think if you're driving and uh, driving around listening to this and you're like, what? Right. <laughs> This song definitely does give you that feel of like when you're out really later than you're used to, you know, and it's like not as many people are on the street, but it's like yeah. it's, it gives you a very good uh, feeling of that for sure. It's a feeling like when uh, Josh spent the night at his brother's house as a kid <laughs> in, the, in the bad part of town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is like sure. Batmobile cruising music. Like, <laughs> like yeah, why was this Chris, different a Batman Chris, movie? Chris O'Donnell steals the Batmobile and is listening to Midnight by Charlie <laughs> Offspring and The Offspring. For sure. He's, he's got a playlist. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right, well, let's get to the. Uh, I, I assume what's the last track on? Is this the last track on side one coming up? You, you, yeah, the vinyl, we, Logan. Yeah, I think so. All right, we can get down. With the Joe Smoke flow. If you don't know me by now, you never know. Stepping on my critics, beating on my foes. The plan is to stay focused on these things. All right. Well, the last couple tracks were fifeless, but on this one, he comes in on the first <laughs> verse with a with a vengeance. I feel like this has some of his his best lines, including the one I clipped there. I just like the flow of that whole, you know, I'm not your average MC with the Joe Schmo flow, and then how he kind of sing raps the if you don't know me by now you'll never know line uh and and unlike midnight and eight million stories we're kind of back to the joyous celebratory beats of award tour and steve biko um not a ton to say here it's just sort of fife and tip rapping um some very memorable lines like that one from fife also and again i'm sure people are going to mention this one later but the tip uh verse when he does the with the kick snare kicks and high hat skilled in the trade of that old boom bap he does that sort of syncopated thing again which is really good yes um and and it follows him on the beat but yeah i don't know uh i I like this one it's enjoyable um don't really have a, a ton to say about it though I think this one's kind of interesting. I, there's a lot of samples that are seemingly going on. Uh, it's almost experimental or psychedelic with that fluty kind of reedy section, kind of a, a marching bandish or atonal kind of feel like, have they been hanging out with the Wigan family? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I I like it and I can get behind the risk of trying something out like that. Uh, the reedy fluty section, it's just a, a, a smidge atonal enough to maybe pass for being somewhat psychedelic sounding too. Uh, I don't know. How do you, how does anyone else feel about that? Uh, I really like this one. Uh, I, I think Josh, you're right that, that this is uh, some really strong, uh, a, a really strong verse from Fife. Um, 
I, I really liked the uh, crushing competition like Italians on grapes line. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this one this one does have a few um you know f- food a few food themes. Uh, talks about his his Timberland hooves and and the double mint pack. Um, I I thought that was uh, was a really great line too. And um, I I really noticed the scratching on this track. I, I think that that's really showcased here. And uh, I. Finally, I'm I'm really uh, really drawn to the um, the back and forth. The it's like that. Yes, I I just think that's that's just kind of a weird but interesting, clever little vocal thing that that they throw in. So um, you, this one really works. Yeah, it's it's back to that celebratory beat, and you know it it, it keeps it uh, keeps it going. Yeah, I can get down. Um, <laughs> this one, I think it's one of the best beats musically, honestly, uh, on the album. I, I see it as kind of like this album's Can I Kick It? And I wasn't huge on Can I Kick It, but I, I like this one a lot. Um, yeah, it has, uh, I was saying I like the, you know, the darker, uh, grimier beats, but uh, I actually like this celebratory one a, a lot. Um, especially that little, it's probably a Rhodes. Uh, that, that keyboard that part's part. great. Yeah, it's so catchy. The whole thing, I, it, they're kind of saying like I think the thesis here is positivity is better than negativity and music is the overall thing of this song. Um, Fife says, uh, "Don't want to go pop, too many candy rappers." Um, so like <laughs> once again, Duncan on the on the pop rappers, but I wasn't sure if it was meant to be like a play on words like candy rappers. With the uh, W, you know, that's a great yeah, line. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, obviously that with with a kick snare, kicks and hi hat, and then he follows it up with skilled in the trade of that old boom bap. There's a lot of throughout their albums. There's great references to boom bap, which I learned is its own thing. Look into it, but great scratching outro from Shahid. Yeah, and um, this at the end of this song, uh, our tour guide. It introduces us to the the names of the four guys in the group, mm-hmm. and I love that she says, uh, "You did this in the intro, yeah, right? where I played the A E I O U sometimes Y A E I O U and sometimes Y, and I'm guessing Jerobi is the Y, the y because yeah. <laughs> Jerobi is a sometimes friend. I, I just so. I also loved the that interview where Tip was like he didn't have a pager, like he just showed up. So yeah. they're just recording. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, Jerobi's back. I guess he's gonna hang out for a while." Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Uh by the way, so. Logan, you mentioned the Wiggins family and I, I started thinking, you know, Tip famously had twenty thousand records at one point and then they burned up and then he got a new record collection with I think just as many. What are the odds he has a Shags record? Oh, I <laughs> bet he does. Yeah, and to I'm be sure a fly on the to be a fly on the wall with Q Tip listening to the Shags. <laughs> you know? He's like I want to see him try to sample. He's like trying oh, to yeah. sample it and make a beat. He's like, ah, I just he's, can't do anything here. Like I can't that, find the groove. I can't find foot foot either. <laughs> Where's foot foot, foot at? <laughs> All we, right. We liked some of the snare tones on that record. I, That's I bet it could be a good snare. I did. I took a sample of yeah. the snare. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're on to side two, track eight, electric relaxation. Honey, check it out. You got me mesmerized. With your black hair and your fat ass style. Street poetry is my everyday. But yo, I gotta stop when you try. 
drop my weight. If I was working at the club, you would not pay. Hey, yo, my man Fife Diggy, he got something to say. I like him brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. Mm. Name is Fife Dwarf from the Zulu Nation. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, all right arguably the most well-known song on this album um i think it's actually their most played on spotify this uh laid back and smooth beat allows tip and fife to trade rhymes similar to check the rhyme on the last album here's a little bit of trivia though according to fife these lines were actually written by the other mc so tip wrote fife's lines and fife wrote tip's lines i've never seen that confirmed by anybody else but fife said it so i would assume it's true um, by the way, if so, they set each other up for some of the horniest lines since Benita Applebaum's line about <laughs> ass eating. Um, Blake, Very this was the one that I said, just wait till we get to Midnight Marauders when we discussed. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I'm aware. Okay. I'm aware. Particularly one line, <laughs> which is Q-Tip's line, take you on the Av and you buy me links. Now I want to pound the poontang until it stinks. You can be my mama, and I'll be your boy. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> uh, just something about the line. I want to pound the poontang until it stinks. Until it stinks. I've Ooh. got a worse one. Do you? Okay. Is it? Yeah. My other one I have written down is Fife's. Uh, let me hit it from the back, girl. I won't catch a hernia. Bust off on your couch. Now you got Siemens furniture. So yeah. That one. He's I don't know if that one's on worse. Your couch. <laughs> It's funny, though. Siemens Furniture is a company. Uh, I know. By the way, despite those lines, I actually feel like this song shows some development since Benita Applebaum in terms of them crafting a sort of, I guess you could say, sexy jam. Um, It's very much in that vein, but I think less, uh, I don't know, somehow less juvenile, but also has those lyrics. So I I don't know. Um, I did want to ask everybody, did anyone listen to it before you looked up the lyrics and and had to guess what the hook was because this is a hook that is of a lot of debate for many years until it was confirmed what it was so do you have any thoughts of what the hook was before you looked it up i you mean like didn't even think about it i i the lyrics that the the relax yourself girl what does he say there i i didn't get it no i didn't quite get it until i looked up the lyrics because the way it stuttered I, I always thought it was preset plan. <laughs> like, relax yourself, heard, girl, uh, preset plan. Peace on command. <laughs> apparently, it was people which had all kinds of theories, and then they said it was please settle down, which I still have a hard time yeah. hearing please settle down, but that's just me. Um, I, I'll say right now, this is, is one of my favorites on the album. I think the beat is, is on point, and the lyrics are all just very... Um, obviously, there's some some weird uncomfortable lyrics in there, but I feel like none of them are necessarily from a place of uh, malice or anything. It's they're all just sort of fun, quirky lines. Um, but this is one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. My, my first note on this is now we're talking. Um, the, the guitar chords are great. Um, I, I like that. It's kind of an eight bar phrase uh, that, that cycles through. Um they call back we can get down um i really like fife's verse uh the you know uh original rude boy uh never am i coy um, <laughs> my wife <laughs> i mean obviously he does it better than i do but um <laughs> uh he he 
does the uh, the my name's Malik uh, again, which which he's done the five in, foot uh, freak. Other, yeah, the Malik we can the get together by freak. the end of the week. Um, I, I thought that was a really great line. Um, the the one that nobody has mentioned yet is uh, save the little man from inside the boat. That's oh, another yeah uh, oh, another another that. fife line. Uh, I, I noticed that the drums are really low in the mix on this, and, and I, I feel like that's uh, a couple of the songs on, on this this record. And I'm I'm sure it's you know by design and to kind of give it that really smooth uh, you know jazzy feel. But I, I did notice that that the drums were just you know really really low on on this. But but this is still a, a great tune, right right in the pocket uh, of where this album is and and what it's what it's doing. It's an interesting one with with a nice uh, beat, and uh, I did want to mention it has a cool music video. I think it's a decent little piece of filmmaking. Um, another one of their black and white videos. The uh, it, it starts with uh, just the beat, and there's like shots of New York, and the, the whole thing is them hanging out in the city. And it starts with like uh, cuts on the boom baps, so it like cuts to the the rhythm at first it's kind of cool uh i looked up apparently this song was used as the theme song for the wayans brothers sitcom mm-hmm. which is really weird if that's true that sitcom was filthy no i don't actually <laughs> yeah because like what may, was it just an instrumental part because what line in this is what single line could be appropriate for a, a sitcom's intro um also in the music video it's it's censored so the the thing about your fat ass thighs it just says your fat thighs <laughs> and there's there's such a difference between fat ass thighs and just saying that someone has fat thighs <laughs> i thought that was funny it's very smooth though tips talking about he's in a horny state and i'm like are you ever not in a horny state <laughs> um when he says he couldn't he couldn't drop dimes, I thought that was interesting because it's I guess he couldn't oh. call her on a payphone. Oh, but like dropping dimes drop, like Cedric. Drop drop, drop a, a dime, dime on, on you first. first. <laughs> I think I'll drop a dime. Q tip said, I think I'll drop a dime. I think I'll drop a dime. Um then I like how the last minute of the song it just kind of vibes out. No more nasty lyrics. Just vibe out. Have those that mumbled chorus ride out. And then the elevator music comes back, and uh, our tour guide tells us simply to keep bouncing. Oh, well, I originally said I couldn't relate, as Tip put it, but I guess maybe as Fife put it. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've heard this song several times before now. Same mellow, jazzy vibe. Usually the lyrics can pull me away from noticing that so much, but in this case, it's just another horny track that I find myself <laughs> disinterested in. Uh, I just don't have any kind of like, this song does absolutely nothing for me at all. So, yeah, uh, bleh, moving on. All right, we'll move on to track nine, then clap your hands.
All right, we're back to more dark and mysterious beats and samples. Uh, verse from Vife, verse from Tip, kind of standard operating procedure uh, for this group, for this album. Um, by the way, you know how I said in the past that Fife likes to drop names? This one is the king of name dropping. His whole verse is just him <laughs> saying names. Um, and I have to point out the line, crazier than Tupac in the flick called Juice, cock is longer than that hat worn by Dr. Seuss. <laughs> So that's why they canceled Dr. <laughs> yes, Seuss. <it> <laughs> uh, but I, I enjoy this one. It's it's fine. Um, I guess, what did we say? It's fine dog, uh, Q-typical yeah. uh, for me. Um, that, that's, my, that's my feelings on Clap Your Hands. Um, I want to point out that the cat wore that hat, not Dr. Seuss himself. So <laughs> little little fact check for you there, Fife. Um it is a it's it's a bit more of a scarier, more gangster beat that is is what I wrote. Um, but uh, all the, the drums go kind of hard in in this one, but I wasn't wildly interested by by it musically. It's short. There's not a lot to it. It's just kind of a jam that does, I'm not sure what it's about or if they're just kind of free not freestyling, but you know, just just uh, jamming on some thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the whole verse part where he just does names of like duos, I guess. I know mm-hmm. I noted that there was a Ren to the Stimpy, maybe the most of the con- mm-hmm. the most contemporary of them, because uh, the others were like you know ten twenty year old references, even at that time. And then it ends again, uh, and the uh, tour guide says again to keep bouncing. I'm not sure what that's about. You. All might have interpretations of that, but I guess we'll bounce along to the next one. I'll uh, I'll clap my hands along. I I begin to come around on this one. I really like the opening sample the best. Uh, Jeep watch, Jeep watch. Oh, <laughs> I feel like they are running out of things to say on this album, though. Uh, the formula seems to be laid back beats, jazzy samples, and lyrics, lacking much of a message this time around. Um, maybe I'm missing it or I'm just having trouble finding something to latch on to. I did note Ren and Stimpy get a shout out, so maybe I'll latch on to yeah. that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this uh, this didn't do a whole lot for me, but I, I came around on it. At, at first, I didn't like it at all, but uh, I, I, it's, a, it's a middle of the road track. I enjoyed this beat. Um, I really like that keyboard tone, and I'm glad that you caught those, those kind of... Um, you know, weird, uh, not atonal, but, um, you know, kind of off, off key, uh, keyboard bell tones, uh, in, mm-hmm. in that clip. Um, they talk about, you know, more chemistry. They talk about the, uh, the ill composition. Um, this was another one that, uh, has a lot of really good scratching on it that I noticed in particular. Uh, so yeah, I, I think this one, this one works, uh, be- better than, um, than some of the others for me, you know, again, it's kind of middle of the pack, but, uh, but a good track. Okay. Track 10. Oh my God. You see him bitching me, not care about them DBMC. But shit is hitting. Trini Gladiator, anti hesitator, Shahid Push Devader, from here to Grenada. Mr. Energetic, who me sound pathetic. When's the last time you heard a funky diabetic? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Oh my God. 
All right, so this was apparently considered as the first single at one point, but instead ended up as the third single and has a, a music video, which, Blake, I'll let you explain what that is. Uh, I noticed mm-hmm. we're back to a celebratory kind of beat. Buster Rhymes features on this one providing the sample, just basically repeating, oh my God, uh, ad nauseum. Um, it does uh, pan in the headphones, though, which I think is kind of cool. If you listen to it in headphones, it goes from one side to the other. Um there's a line Fife has about having a crush on Dawn from In Vogue. And there's an <laughs> yeah. interview uh, with Ali Shaheed Muhammad where he talks about how, uh, if you don't know, in 1999, he actually formed a group with Raphael Sadiq and Dawn from In Vogue <laughs> called Lucy Pearl. And apparently he was asked in an interview about, he's like, did you introduce Dawn to Fife? And he was like, oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I guess I forgot or something. It's like, what? Uh, Come on, man. Um, yeah. And there's also just lots of memorable lines. This one, I, I feel like I fall just on this side of liking it. But that hook, uh, Logan, you said the Bonita Applebum hook graded on you. Matt, I think you said the everything is fair one. This is my version of that. This is the one where, oh, my God, gets so repetitive. Aww. I'm like, Buster Rhymes, oh stop oh saying, God. oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, um, Josh. But I, I think I just, I don't know. There's something about it that I, I just fall just on the line of liking it. There are some good lines. Uh, it, we got some more possibly stuff about uh, ass eating. Uh <laughs> Where he says, uh, mm-hmm. eating booty MCs like cheese grits. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, he could just be saying he's eating, you know, shitty MCs. Um, that's probably uh, more correct. Also, it sounds yeah. different. Th- this one, by the way, is famous for the line where he says, when's the last time you heard a funky diabetic? Which I had <laughs> right. to clip in there because he mentions in the in the documentary, the, the Beats, Rhymes, and Life documentary about how uh, he he forgot about putting that line in there when people would come up to him and ask him how he was doing, saying you're diabetic, right? And he was like, oh oh yeah, I forgot I told everybody about that. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I like this one. Um, it's just not one of my favorites for sure. Uh, surface level, I enjoy this track. It but it does get pretty repetitive. Um, I do think the Busta part is pretty comical, but I can definitely see where that can become grading and i do think it's repetitive enough to where it it does pretty much become grading uh fife and tip are talented rappers they they're both showing off some nice flow they're they're very creative and dedicated however i don't feel like i'm their target audience (laughs) (laughs) and at this point i just find myself hoping that they would take it to a a different level and try out some new things. And I guess in some ways that they, they are trying out some new things by, you know, getting Buster Buster rhymes in there to, you know, repetitively perform that part. <laughs> uh, and that's cool. And that's different. Uh, so I'll, I'll give it to them uh, for that. And, but you know, again, it's just kind of like a, it's almost a novelty track, like in the same uh, ballpark is like, I left my wallet in El Segundo almost just kind of, in its own little category to me for some reason. I, uh, I want to know more about his best friend, Steven at the home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of wondering what, what was going on with that. Um, yeah. Uh, I can see how one might have the reaction of this is a grading sample. I don't know that I particularly feel that way. I, I think that sample in, you know, combined with the the cheesy horns 
you know, does kind of make it almost more of uh, like a novelty, like a novelty song, like you said, Logan. Drafting up the poets, I'm the I'm the number seven pick. Uh, one thing I've noticed about Q-Tip is that he, you know, they do kind of you know uh, celebratory or, or congratulatory songs, but he's usually pretty modest in his uh, in his self uh, adulation. You know, he's only the number seven pick. Um, one for the treble, two for the bass. Uh, that's a great line. And then uh, uh, push the fader from here to Grenada. Uh, I, I really enjoyed, um, you know, they, they referenced Santo Domingo as well. So I'm, I'm all for the, the geography, but, uh, I, I think this is just a fun track. I, I also have a note that says mouth whip noises. I think they're doing <laughs> somebody's oh, weird. at the very <laughs> beginning, it, yeah, it, it Busta Rhymes or somebody does the whoosh, whoosh. It's, it's actually, gotta be it's Busta. not dissimilar <laughs> to the beginning of the Wu-Tang, uh, some of the Wu-Tang clan stuff on, on Enter the 36 Chambers and, it's weird because they came out, you know, the same day. So it wasn't like one influenced <laughs> the other. But uh, Matt, I know you're familiar with that album. Isn't there some songs that start with like that whoosh, whoosh, whoosh kind of sound? Well, yeah, th- that's that's probably a sample from a kung fu movie. Though, right, so. right. But mm. yeah. That's why also on this album, when they say Red Man, I was kind of like taken aback for a second. I know Red Man wasn't an original member of Wu-Tang Clan, but I was like, they reference Red Man of of all people on this album. Anyway. He was in the um, scenario video, I believe. Red Man was. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it like a cameo before. I don't know, guys. This is where my hip hop knowledge falls apart. I feel like I'm out of my league <laughs> discussing some You're of this because I'm like, I don't know what the, I don't know. Let's uh, let's keep it rolling, right? Uh, track. No. Oh no. Who? Oh, sorry. I cut somebody off. Blake. Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I was trying <laughs> to get it rolling. Fine. Blake, what are your I, I thoughts know, on? Have, oh my I god, I cut Blake off. Oh my god! Important, important revelations. Uh, no, this is one of my top tier songs. Against all odds, the the uh, uh, the Busta thing does not grate on me. Uh, he's he's just likable. I don't know. His thing is so goofy and weird and out there that <laughs> you just kind of like it when you hear him on a hook. He was so his bit. In scenario is so popular they had to bring him back which i thought is funny just just brought him back just to say oh my god um of course the music video is is, is kind of goofy and it's them walking through the streets and and uh ali is is has his his turntables on a moving truck bed and uh q-tip and fife are following that that truck on foot and a bunch of kids are following them um and then uh at the end busta is on a roof top uh freaking the fuck out in in an all yellow like tracksuit with like a yellow dr seuss hat <laughs> uh and i just and it, it, the video kind of ends with busta uh flipping out while children and other people just kind of stare with blank faces and i thought <laughs> that was pretty funny um it looked like tim and eric or something one egregious line though Right before the part about eating booty, he says, uh, Five says, I like my beats hard, like two day old shit. I'm like, no, <laughs> this is no, just Poop no. as hard as no. rock. Exactly. Oh my God. Like, is I didn't think that hard poop was going to come up more than once in our show, but okay. What I, what I have to get out of my system, I told you guys earlier, uh, there is something you might recognize from this song that would oh, sound yeah, familiar. Yeah. And I don't. I think you guys missed it. Okay. So I said at the top that there was one part I had heard from this album, 
There's a few lines that were reused. And I, uh, our first uh, Tribe episode, I played the um, intro to the TLC album Crazy Sexy Cool that came one year after this. So here is um, Fife's bit from Oh My God and then the uh, TLC intro lewd from the following year and see if you notice any similarities. Here it is. My man, I'll be sure he's in effect mode. Used to have a crush on doing for men vote. It's not like honey dick will want to get with me. But just in case I own my condoms, then TLC. Now the formula is My man, I'll be sure he's in effect mode. Used to have a crush on doing for men vote. It's not like honey dick will want to get with me. But just in case I own more condoms, then TLC. Um, speaking of which. He just couldn't write more words. He just said to reuse I, the so, same So yeah, one. just re- recycled lines. <laughs> I'm guess so. That was a a, a Jermaine Dupri production, the TLC one. Ooh, I maybe maybe he or someone heard this this joke that Fife did about TLC, TLC. and condoms, and was like, "That's funny. We got to get him. <laughs> we got to get him into introducing the record with that one." So nice. That, yeah, that that jumped out at me big time. Okay, now can so. I keep it rolling? Yeah, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. Track 11. I hope you get it as I stand. Whip this mic inside my hand. Boy, I smack you up like I was your old friend. So respect yourself, son, and come and give me love. Once again, the ab is who you think of. So chill with the beef money. We got a jetty. It's extra PAO tip. I'm about to set it on the country once again. Here to win. I'm uptown chilling. Taking in this grandmaster big blend from the... So this hookless track, I say hookless, no hook at all, may, was actually made by Large Professor, who also provides the third verse. Um, rather than the previous guest on the album, uh, Busta Rhymes, uh, Raphael Sadiq, uh, Trigoy the Dove, who all kind of provide you know the hook or or the, you know a little bit here or there, Large Professor actually doesn't just sing a hook; he actually raps. He raps the entire third verse. Um, and also included in that, he references Nas's Illmatic, which had yet to come out, and he was working on it at the time, as well as Q-Tip was working on that album as well. Uh, this is one that I, it might be a contender for Skip It for me, just putting it out there, because it, I don't know, there's not a lot here that I, I really grabbed onto. Um, I just feel like it's sort of, you know, a Fife verse, a Tip verse, a large Professor verse, and that's it. Um, I do want to point out, Blake, there might be a grosser line in this song than the ones in electric uh, relaxation. I, I know the one. Yep. <laughs> Is it? I know that too. Um, she told me to pull her hair. I did. It drove her nutty, filled up the hole like spackle, or I mean putty. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I, I, I do like a good Home Depot sex. Yeah, it's uh, another Home <laughs> Depot line. Steven from Home Depot wrote that line, I bet. Um, I don't know. I don't have. I don't have much else to say, though. What do you guys think about "Keep It Rolling"? Uh, I like it. I like the uh, the beat quite a bit, actually. Uh, the flute um, really works. Uh, there's some some great lines. Um, I did note the the spackle line, um, but um, skate on your crew like Mario Lemieux. Uh, I just think that you know that sits really well in the beat. You know, more sports, obviously. The uh, my conception is immaculate. Uh, a bachelor looking for a bachelorette. Uh, I I just you know that that one you know stuck with me as well. Um, I like the vibra slap on there. Uh, the is a large professor. The, the large professor verse uh, kind of took me out of it a little bit. So um, 
wasn't as into uh, to that as much, but uh, I, I think this this fine song. I, I really really like the beat on it. It's one of my one of my favorite beats. I think. Yeah, the the beat and the sample was okay. I didn't have a whole lot to like about this song for me. Um, we have our second reference to Barney the dinosaur, um, but singing "I love you, you love me" is is <laughs> is, is kind of trite. Even at that time, it was trite and played out. Um, the line about Jerry's kids is not good. <laughs> any way you cut it, <laughs> just not good, folks. Um, yeah, I, I, I was just happy that it, this was a shorter song. I didn't have a, a whole lot to latch on to. So, yeah. A trite called Quest. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it's, it's a smooth, nice vibe, but... I think what really shines here for me is the sample they are using. So that that led me to Roy Ayers' ubiquity uh, song, Feel Like Making Love, which was a wonderful <laughs> instrumental that I ended up enjoying quite a bit more than this song. Uh, hmm. I highly suggest checking that out for a funky, smooth little number with many, many cool parts. Uh, back to Keep It Rolling. We got that vibra slap in the house, so I do appreciate that. Always enjoy hearing one of those. Otherwise, this one's okay. Nothing too exciting for me. Vibra slap is in the house. (laughs) Vibra slap, uh, by the way, a favorite uh, instrument of the band Cake. If you're into vibra slaps, look up Cake. (laughs) I I used one. I used one for one of our new songs. Yeah. Well, not a real one, but. It's a it's a sample of one probably one of the ones I'm gonna mumble under about how like yeah you go yeah yeah vibra yeah. slap yeah show jo- yeah Josh yeah, is make a him know Josh a mumblecore SoundCloud rapper now <laughs> can we do I a mumble the, I'm getting face tats right <laughs> now as we speak <laughs> you know. all right uh, track twelve the chase part two. Is a shower for you. I scrub the back and I force the butt crack, make you shiny. Spiffy in a jiff, fucking with the ab, you got the greatest of gifts. Say yo, my mic is sound above. Bob Power, you there? Yeah. Adjust the bass of trouble, make my shit sound clear, clear, clear. I'm about to wreck your body against they turn the party out. I'm about to wreck your body against they turn the party out. I'm about to wreck your body against they turn the party out. Originally, I thought that hook was Buster Rhymes again. It's it's Bismarcky. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. from a Bismarcky song. I, I put that clip in there just for you, Blake, because of the part where he calls up Bob Power and, and you hear him just go, "Yeah." Like I, I don't oh, know. That was so good. I don't know if that's actually Bob Power or not, but I like to think they like put I him mean, in the booth and they're like, "Just say yeah." He was just there. Yeah. yeah, he was there. Might um, as well be. That's great. Uh, and by the way, this is called Part Two because I guess there was a demo of this song that had a different beat. With the same lyrics, it was the the chase part one. Uh, um, I was wondering, or something like that. I didn't look up the chase part one. I probably should have. Uh, I like that he mentions uh, the part where he says, "Large professor told him not to say years in songs because it dates the songs." I thought that was kind of funny. Right? Like, it's a good good advice. Like, don't throw out what year it is because it's not going to age well. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, this is another one though that I you said a trite called quest. This is another kind of a trite called quest for me. I. I don't really uh, have a ton to, to like about this one. Um, it, it is another contender for Skip It for me, honestly. This one wasn't wasn't as skippable as Keep It Rolling. Uh, I thought that this one was okay. Um, although maybe there were too many repetitions of the Bismarcky sample. Um, 
Some interesting things about it, though. If Again, with the horniness, floss the butt crack, that whole <laughs> bit is a bit much. At one point, Tip says, damn, Fife, you got fat. I'm like, what? Not yeah. nice. <laughs> Low By fat, the way, shaman. I, I find that interesting because if you, if you haven't watched the documentary yet, watch Beat Rhyme, Beats, Rhymes, and Life. But in that documentary, Q-Tip specifically says that he thinks one of the things that might have pushed Fife away for a little while was that him and Ali Shee, Mahid Mom, and were constantly on him about like his weight and like losing Good weight God. because of his diabetes. I don't think it was like a image yeah. thing. It was like they both, I guess, were trying to get him to get healthier and in shape. And, and Q-Tip says that he thinks that might have kind of driven a wedge a little bit between them. Um, but mm. I don't know. Anyway, it just reminded me of that little bit because it, you're right. It does start with like, yo, Fife, you got fat. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I, I read in different places that he believed he had a sugar addiction. I don't know yeah. if it's if he had the type of diabetes where you get it later or if you're born with it or whatever, but I don't know. Maybe they maybe they gave him diabetes by uh shaming him into a uh <laughs> a sugar ad- addiction, a self-soothing sugar addiction and anyway, they call him Dr. Pepper. Um yeah, that that not not the lesson about not dating your lyrics using years, I, I found it kind of poignant. Uh, so it, it ends with kind of calling out everybody on earth, every, every location you could possibly think of rock, rock on the very last one he says is McDonald's, which I thought was funny. I, I believe it was a reference to certain places at a specific location in Queens. And then what really interested me was, Abruptly, it cuts to the outro with a tour guide, and she says, this concludes Midnight <laughs> Marauder program. So I have a question. Are From from then on, is this the end of the album proper? Are no, they bonus I, I mean, as far as this? I know, the next two tracks are on the CD version, the vinyl version, all that stuff. Okay. I don't know. So what we have, if they're not bonus tracks, what we have is a Sgt. Pepper situation again, which we've, <laughs> which, which I've talked about. The album is over, but hey, here's here's some more stuff after the fact. Yeah. So yeah. I like how everything musically fits and seems to work well together. Um, I also said, I'm so glad McDonald's got a shout out. <laughs> yeah. If it if it were present times, we'd get the barbecue tip burger with a large side of frifes. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. The album is is dragging me down here, folks. Uh, Half the song is shouting out someone or somewhere to turn the party out. And I feel for all the hype they are talking, they sure seem to be lazily wasting time and content. It's basically a glorified shout-out track. Uh, But it is interesting that it ends with, like, is this the end of the album or not? Mm -hmm. So... Uh yeah, I didn't I didn't really uh I didn't really care too much for it. It kind of worked for me. Um I I think I just gravitate more to those um mellow beats uh than than others might. Um I like the uh Ali Shahid Muhammad's got me doing calisthenics line. Uh, I just think that yeah. that flows really well. More sports styles incomplete like Vinny Testaverde. Uh, I, I don't know football, Josh, but w- do you, was Vinny Testaverde famous for uh, throwing I incompletions? Guess or I well, I th- 
I'll ha- I just have to go by what I read online on like Genius and stuff, and they said something about him being, you know, worth a lot of money, but not really ever doing much for that money. You know, like uh, his ah. contract was for a lot, but he never really paid off. I guess, but I-, I don't know. I don't know. I shouldn't really speak out of turn on that. I guess. And uh, w- one more uh, sports arena or or entertainment arena call out is uh super dave which was uh, which is a very 1993 uh reference to make if you're not going to use 1993 in your lyrics but you are going to call out super dave <laughs> um but but i i did uh i did notice that so yeah i i think this one um this one worked for me i i i just uh i like those uh those smooth mellow uh, mellow vibes and and um you know yeah it, it it does get uh you know it sounds very similar to other things we've heard from them and, and i'll talk about that more as we kind of give our final thoughts but uh but th- this one worked for me well that's not the end of the album folks there's still two tracks so 13 is lyrics to go Two years was see the job was never falling. Would have tried for singing, but that stuff was not my calling. The mic is in effect, so you know I'm never stalling. Walking through the door and all them suckers started hauling. Talk a lot of trash, but no one could seem to beat it. Pull out your microphone and watch the fight will make you eat it. The MCs they get jelly when the girlies up my belly. Kick a slow dance like my brother R. Kelly. So this is one that has a uh, a lot of people talk about this one when it comes to the sample because kind of uh, famously it's an example of that whole leaving in the grittiness because it samples the keyboards from a mini Ripperton song called Inside My Love but he leaves in her high falsetto so that entire like song you hear that high falsetto in the background which I'm guessing if you've listened to the song, you know it. It was in the clip I put right there as well. It's that very high-pitched sound that sort of runs throughout the entire song. So it's actually her singing that he left in the track uh, that kind of goes throughout as a drone over the keyboards and some James Brown uh, guitar samples there, uh, a guitar solo from a James Brown song called Just Enough for Storage. Um, this was ended up being the B-side for Oh My God, and, which was the third single from from the album. And yeah, I think most of the stuff I found online talking about it talked about that use of the sample and the mini Ripperton kind of drone, which I, I don't know, like it, it didn't bug me a- until someone pointed it out and then I started noticing it. It still doesn't necessarily gr- grate on me at all. Like I don't like think about it. It's sort of you forget about it, I feel like after a little while, but uh, th- this is one I, I like, but I, I think I like it mainly because of the samples. I think that James Brown guitar stuff works really well, and uh, sort of the hook of the lyrics to go works really well, and I, I just liked it, and I, I hope that uh, both... Well, I'll wait and see if they mention it, but there's a specific line that made me think of both Blake and Logan, and, and I hope you guys found that line as well, but I'll wait and see if you, you came up with it before I mention what it is. Okay. Um, Art Kelly shout-out? Seriously? <laughs> now, now, 1993 actually, R. Kelly, I think. They, they didn't know I, R. Kelly. I was actually on yet. board with this one for a minute, and then suddenly it was all pissed away. <laughs> oh, yeah. The samples are great, and how they sit well together. It's nice, clear, crisp beats, but nothing new sounding to me at this point. Um, Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. Uh. My first and for quite some time only note on this track was 
boy Fife sure likes to talk about condoms. Um, <laughs> Josh, yeah. y- you mentioned the the guitar riff. I do not enjoy the guitar riff. Um, oh, you don't? I, okay. Yeah, I just I it, it's kind of it, it's a little bit grading uh, grading on me. I I'm you know kind of kind of ho hum on this uh, overall. Uh, they do reference uh, Jordan. He's Jordan on the mic. Uh, so we got Sports Watch, and whereas with the previous song where they're calling in, you know, calling out everybody in Houston, rock on, rock on, uh, all of the different places that works for me, but the, uh, the lyrics to go repetition does not. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty repetitive. Overall. I like the beat though. I, my comments are also mostly about the beat. I, I, I went and listened to that many Ripperton song because when I read about that, that whistle whistle note she's doing, um, it just intrigued me. So like plenty of hip hop and R and B songs have like a high drone note in the background, like especially like baby face production, stuff like that. Early nineties, um, in Vogue stuff. Um, so I, I thought it was fine to have that high note drone and it definitely doesn't sound like a human voice, uh, in this, you have to put it in the context of the whole song and that song inside my love, 1975, uh, it kind of fucking rips <laughs> like <laughs> it's a dope song. Uh, and, uh, apparently like 10 different hip hop artists have sampled that one. And, and you can tell like listening to it, uh, I'm just like that, w- that part would make a cool sample. That part would make a cool sample. And to play uh, a, a little seven degrees of separation with discographology, Minnie Ripperton, yeah. you know, she's the, the mother of, uh, Maya Rudolph who is really? the current uh, wife of Paul Thomas Anderson, who does all the Heim videos. So little, little few degrees. And she was in the Reynolds. There. And she was in the Reynolds as well. We haven't talked about the Reynolds though. So I can't tie it back to discography quite yet. Who was in the rentals? Maya Rudolph was briefly. I didn't know that. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm just all weird. Anyway, out. I'm anyway, sorry. Listen to inside my love. Cause it's, it's did you it's catch good. the line that I, I thought you and Logan would catch? No, I don't think so. There's a line what where he it? says, decapitating foes as if my name was Jason. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I think I I remember that from one of my first listens, but I guess the last time I listened, when I was taking notes, I wasn't paying close enough attention. But yeah, I lo- love a good horror reference. Man, many Ripperton, Ripperton sure can do those whistle notes, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all I got for that one. Nice. Well, let's get to the last track. Track 14, God Lives Through. Clearly it's the bomb shit, so recognize me. Kids memorize me. Every day I be scrounging. Really I be lounging. I play the download. Very, very incognito. Aries is my sign. I know that I- He's back, folks. Buster Rhymes has not left. <laughs> uh, they, they repurposed the same sample of, of Buster Rhymes saying, oh my God. I feel like they, they use it here much less obnoxiously uh, than they do on the other one. I, I think I enjoy this track more than oh my God, actually. Um Got several memorable lines. Uh, another Nas reference, uh, Matt. I'm sure you liked all the geographical references as well in this Definitely. one. Uh, it, it also has another <laughs> ass eating line where he says, Jesus. "I'd eat that ass like Quiche, crack a smile like Shanice." 
So there you go. Uh, this yeah. the specific lines I really liked is the part when Fife does the whole uh, now if my partners don't look good, Malik won't look good. If Malik won't look good, then Quest won't look good. And he yeah. goes on like that for a while. I, I don't know. There's there's a certain rhythm and cadence to it that I think is is nice. Um, and I, I don't know how this works as a closing track necessarily. I don't know if I would say this is a great like closing to the album. Um, but I, I like this one quite a bit, uh, more so than I think I like lyrics to go and especially more than I like, uh, keep it rolling and the chase. So it kind of brings the album back up for me a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how necessarily it puts a sort of pin on the album necessarily. To, to your point about putting a pin on the album, uh, this kind of feels like they're trying to do both things. Um, they're, they're doing the, the celebratory horns, but also with kind of the more laid back beat. And, and I, I think they, I think they pull it off. Lots of great lines, uh, style styles or milk, man, you thought I was breastfed. Um, I, <laughs> I, I agree that, that, uh, that the, Oh my God sample might be, b- uh, better deployed here. The, uh, you were talking about that, that run, um, from, from Fife. Uh, all I could hear was, uh, they do run, run, run. They do run, run, which, uh, I, I know, um, other rappers have have referenced as well. They talk about Babyface and Tony Braxton. Uh, Dissect you like a fraction. I thought was a great line. And then uh, uh, lyrics are abundant right there. I sound redundant. Fife's laughing again, which uh, which I, I'm always here for as well. So I I think this this really works as a uh, as kind of a, a summation of everything that they're that they're doing on this record as a whole. Um, I I feel like uh, try. Do, or has consistently had strong ending tracks, and I, I think this is another one of them. Yeah, I thought this one was, was pretty decent. Um, I said it should have been called just uh, "Oh My God" reprise, but uh, I guess titling it "God Lives Through" is is kind of a different way of saying that. <laughs> I don't know if it was meant to be like a sort of concept uh, album type through line uh, where they kept the same sample but i don't know what the thinking was behind that but an interesting choice um just need more busta in there i i like how uh fife actually has some kind of impressive flow on his verse the very fast flow lots of syllables and like triplets and stuff he's working in i like when the all the all the people on the album cover get a reference that's cool how they're referencing that and and how they're, uh, you know, all the different names on there. When Tip kind of, kind of sings along with the sample, the la la la. When rappers who can't really sing, like try to sing, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not crazy about that. It's a, it's a thing that happens from time to time. And like uh, Notorious B.I.G. did it horribly on <laughs> his fi- final album, a rapper I really like, but it, it ruined that part. <laughs> And then, uh, let's see, on the outro, I think it's Tip who's saying, like, Queen's got a, Brooklyn got a, and saying all these different places. And it sounds like he's being cut off. And I'm like, got a what? Got, uh, <laughs> wh- what was that line? Like, now I, I, it's a mystery. I want to know what was said there. Why was it cut off if it was indeed cut off? And then finally, I thought, uh, I, I like that the album just abruptly ends with Q-Tip saying, See, I like to get down, Jack, and then it cuts. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what that was about, but I, I kind of like it. I like an abrupt ending. 
Yeah, they definitely couldn't get enough of Busta. <laughs> uh, I really like that mm-hmm. weird jazz guitar chord sample. Uh, that's something that I look for in the song. Uh, that's a high point. Also, the echoing trumpet is a nice touch. I like this one pretty well. I think they, I also believe that they always seem to have like solid openers and solid closers to their albums. So I think it worked as a closer for me. So I was glad to end on a, on a good note. All right. Well, that gets us to, uh, that wraps up the album and gets us to talking about our uh, superlatives. And then we'll get into our overall thoughts on this album. And then we'll get into, uh, kind of our, our, our summary thoughts on tribe at this point. Um, and, and more on that here in a little bit, let's start with our superlatives though. All right. My banger. I've thought about this a lot and, you know, I sometimes struggle with banger meaning like just favorite song versus like, actually like this is the, the one you would play you know, at a party or something, uh, that would just get things going. And so I ultimately went with award tour because I feel like award tour for me kind of fits both criteria. I have also vacillated quite a bit on the banger, and I think that the banger is oh my god, and, and I think that it's just so wild and out there that that that's the one that's that it's it's the one that has probably stuck the most with me in in listening to this record. So, oh my god is my banger. I first wanted to say oh my god, the more obvious one. I I think I've settled on we can get down. Actually, um, it's just so I don't know. I I love the beat. I love pretty much everything about it and, and nothing, nothing grosses me out about this track. I don't think <laughs> we can get down. So originally I was going to say there's no banger on this album. Um, oh. for me, but then I was like, oh, I gotta say something. So if I had to pick one, if I'm, am I pronouncing this right? Steve Biko? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I, I think that that was probably a banger. I guess <laughs> it works as a good choice. So uh, let's, let's get to don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on it. So I went with don't sleep on it. I went with Steve Biko <laughs> because <laughs> I, I felt like it was one that I liked pretty well. And I don't know how well known it is. And uh, you know, it's sometimes hard to say don't sleep on it or when they're up top, because I feel like a lot of people that do listen to the album would probably listen to the first few tracks. But uh I don't know. I don't know if it gets the regard and maybe it should. Um, I think it's a pretty good opening track for sure. Josh, I'm kind of the mirror image uh, of you because my don't sleep on it is God lives through. Uh, it's all the way there at the end, but it's definitely one that you want to get to. My don't sleep on it is midnight. I just like, I dig that groove. Blake, I'm right there with you on midnight. Nice. Okay, we might, I don't know if we'll have a unanimous one on this one. I'm going to skip Keep It Rolling, but I could have skipped There's a chase, the chase part two as well, but I'm going to go Keep It Rolling as my skip it. Uh, I'm going to skip lyrics to go. I just, there was not really anything that grabbed me from that other than uh, one more line from Fife about condoms. Yeah, I also said skip Keep It Rolling. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything I liked and other, or anything to talk about other than a few Lines that sucked. I would skip electric relaxation. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Too horny. Too horny. Too horny. That was almost my banger, but then I was like, it's not really a banger song. I just, it's one I like. 
but uh, See, it was a single. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of torn on the banger thing too. Like, I usually go with like, what's my banger? Like, what's something like I'm gonna be pumped about? Um, yeah. But I've also struggled with like, well, what's the banger for like majority of people? Which that's where I get into conflict because there's like, some well. that that are clear. I feel like uh, at the drive, and we did that one like one arm scissor. I feel like is like a you know, it fits a lot of criteria of a banger. But you're right. This album, there's not really one that I would be like, it's my favorite, and it just amps me up, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't have a scenario. Yeah. On- right, yeah. Come on, baby, tell me. I went with electric relaxation. <laughs> Oh, uh, similar course. to check the rhyme on the last album though the trading there's something about the trading off lines that gets me i i appreciate that when there's the back and forth i like it more than the the like verse trading kind of thing and i think it's fun to do live also just there's something about that opening that i think is catchy now that would require one of us i'm guessing since i'm the one picking it it would have to be me <laughs> that would have to say the lines about being mesmerized by your fat ass thighs so that's <laughs> that's a little uncomfortable <laughs> but uh but also i think musically it, it'd be the funnest one to cover there's a lot there i think in terms of guitar and bass and drum parts to kind of latch on to well i can get down with covering we can get down uh i i just think it would be fun to play and uh i just want somebody to say yes (laughs) (laughs) it's either we can get down or oh my god (laughs) just because i i want to do the bust apart live well blake wear the outfit that works perfectly because uh, my cover is "Oh my God!" But only if Blake does bust his part deadpan, <laughs> oh my God. deadpan monotone, a la Jimmy Papa oh, Lee no. from the Bloodhound Gang. Like, oh my God, yes, oh my God. <laughs> but wearing the outfit, oh, the Doctor Seuss like, hat, and I, everything. <laughs> I want you to be as unenergetic as possible. <laughs> I think uh, it'll work. The complete opposite of Busta. Man, that sounds cringe. <laughs> Not what nice. you were hoping uh, for, was it? <laughs> no, no. I was going to go a different way with it. Uh, so so the overall uh, thoughts on this one, Midnight Marauders is a pretty critically acclaimed album. I, I didn't you know list out every single thing it's, it's on here. It is 201 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums. Uh, of all time, the 2020 list. Uh, it is 75 on Pitchfork's top 100 albums of the 1990s. Uh, it is in both a thousand albums to hear before you die books. A uh, lot of other lists as well. Um, there's kind of a perennial debate among hip hop aficionados as to whether this is a better album than Low End Theory, uh, which I have some thoughts on in just a second. Um, I know, like I said in the introduction thing, Michael Rappaport, who did the documentary Beats, Rhymes, and Life, thinks this album is better. I think there's a few other people that this is kind of a a pick for. I don't know if I would say controversial pick, but it's like the one if you if you're apparently if you're like a real hip hop head, you know, this is the one you pick over Low End Theory, which is the you know one that's too too mainstream or something. Uh, that, that seems to be the vibe I get from from all the discussion about it. Um, so for me, this album, uh, I kind of went through the tracks and I, by the way, Midnight Marauders tour guide, the first track is, is, as Logan said, is sort of the, the free square on the bingo chart. You know, it's just an automatic, I'll slide it in as yes, I like it. 
Um, so when I thought through all the tracks, really the only track though I, I dislike on this album is Keep It Rolling in the Chase. So that's a 12 out of 14 for me. So I went with 85%, which is, uh, or four out of five oops. Talking about the blunts, not the gun. <laughs> um, I don't remember what I gave Low End Theory, but I will say I think Low End Theory is a better album, I believe. But this one does have quite a few tracks that I do enjoy. But I think if I'm going to go pick up a Tribe album, I would probably pick up Low End Theory before this one. But I'm going to give it four out of five oops, 85%. Uh, I tend to agree with you. Um with regarding the the relative position and and how there's some good songs on this on this album but i i don't know that it's as consistently good as uh low end theory um i think this is a i think regardless this is a strong album um like i said i i feel like it's a little bit back heavy maybe it's a little bit middle heavy now you know going through to uh one more time with you guys the singles are good um but for as kind of undifferentiated as it is, I, I feel like the drums really, the, there's just the one beat that they're doing and, and it doesn't really change up that much that, that, you know, I kind of, you know, would, would knock it for a little bit. Uh, so for me, um, I think that this album is three quiches and most of a quiche also in the refrigerator. So, so three, three and <laughs> three and three quarters quiches for midnight marauders. Nice. Yeah. I, I can understand not, not knowing whether this or low end theory is the better album. Cause I don't have an opinion on, on which is better at this point. It does. I don't think it has the, the standout tracks that low end theory does, but Overall, it's at a more even clip, kind of like the first record, although it, it doesn't really sound like the first record, but you, you can kind of vibe throughout the whole thing other than a few minor low points. So I just, I rated it the same as I rated Low End Theory, so I gave it three and a half hot slices of quiche. Sorry, Matt, you got there Sorry. first, but I I also had that. <laughs> uh, Overall, this album is is the one that I was most familiar with, but never listened further to compare albums. Honestly, I was pretty bored with this album. Uh, again, there are a lot of positive things going on, cool and intricate sampling, solid rhymes, laid back beats, and definitely great to have on in the background for sitting down and critically listening. I feel like it's, it just misses the mark for me. The lyrics don't seem as interesting to me as previous albums, or maybe the subject matter is a tad redundant at this point, in my opinion. Also at points, I'm in awe of their talent and the progressive lyrics, but also at times I'm kind of put off by the ways they obviously they're talking about women. They definitely have kind of gone into some weird, weird corners there. Um, but they definitely have skill, um, but it's not something that is blowing me away or really showing me something that I haven't already heard from them so far. The humble brag does start to wear on me. The people claim that they, when people claim that they are intellectual, I tend to get a little skeptical. <laughs> um, of the three we've listened to, I'm saddened and surprised to say that this was my least favorite, I think. I was actually counting on it to be my favorite, 
but after really sitting down and listening, I just didn't find much to grab onto. I'm sure that at the time this was a big hit for them and really solidified them as a unit. And I respect the craft and group and their obvious well-deserved place in the hip hop pantheon. However, I don't see myself putting this on very much to enjoy. So I liked maybe about seven out of the 14 tracks landing me at about 50% or 2.5 duty ass renditions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, that does wrap up our, well, somewhat wraps up our first tribe called quest series. Uh, we are going to discuss kind of our, our top songs, uh, overall thoughts kind of so far. Um, so at some point down the line, uh, I would like to come back and, and revisit Tribe Called Quest and do their final three albums, which are Beats, Rhymes, and Life, The Love Movement, and We Got It From Here. However, we're going to kind of put a pause on them for now so we can move on to uh, the next topic, which is actually going to kind of wrap up our first season as we're calling it. And then at some point down the line, we'll come back and talk about those three albums. But before we leave tribe, I wanted to just kind of discuss overall thoughts and, and you know, what, what you kind of thought were your favorite songs from the three albums. We, we looked at that kind of thing and, and I'll, I'll kick it off here. And I didn't put my, my list of the top songs in any sort of order. I just kind of went by album and looked at the track listings and kind of thought which ones I really liked. The first album, I think my favorites were definitely Can I Kick It and Ham and Eggs, uh, or were the two I chose off there. Then Low End Theory had quite a few that I enjoyed, so I went with Excursions, Buggin' Out, Jazz, Check the Rhyme, Scenario, What. And then off this album, I went with Electric Relaxation and uh, Sucka Inward, <laughs> which, oh, uh, you know, we didn't talk about it much in our superlatives, but I do think it's one that... If you were like, what is Tribe sort of about? It's it's one that they make kind of a social statement, political statement, and it holds up um, as opposed to some of their previous attempts at that, which weren't as as good. So that's my top 10 at this moment. It could fluctuate day to day. I don't know. I, I think I probably lean on the hits a little heavy, but that that's my kind of top 10 of the first three albums. I, I, was, I was really kind of vibing with what you were saying logan about how you were surprised that this is one that this record is one that you might put at the bottom because i i, I kind of felt found myself in the same place where there's just not a handle to grab a hold to on this record um i've enjoyed this group overall so far and and you know am ready to hear some more um i do have a list of tracks um I only have seven tracks, but uh, in no particular order, uh, I've got Push It Along and Can I Kick It from uh, People's Instinctive Travels, Excursions, Verses from the Abstract, Jazz, uh, Parenthesis, We've Got, and Scenario uh, from Low End Theory, and then Electric Relaxation, and We Can Get Down uh, from Midnight Marauders. So I had my my top songs were... Footprints, Rhythm, Ham and Eggs, Check the Rhyme, Scenario, Jazz, We Can Get Down, and Oh My God. And I really, uh, I thought it was fun to, uh, I enjoyed this this group, and it was, uh, I enjoyed going through at least the first part of their catalog here. Uh, and I look forward to uh, listening to this stuff uh, just casually. 
because I think that that's what it would be better for rather than sitting down with a notebook and saying, all right, let's analyze <laughs> this. Let's uh, look up the meaning behind every uh, line about eating butts. Um, <laughs> but just for like a, <laughs> a recreational listen, I, I think this is some, something I would I would come back to. And I'm I'm, I'm grateful to no longer have the, this blind spot like in my knowledge of music i i should have got into a tribe called quest earlier and just in general i'd like to get back into to hip-hop uh acts i used to listen to a lot of hip-hop um more contemporary though um and i had i had kind of gotten out of it in, in recent years i'm not really sure why for whatever reason my taste just drift away but uh yeah it, it reminds me oh you know you should you should listen to more than just uh you know female pop vocalists sometimes uh so yeah it's it's been fun i uh, look forward to checking out the last half of their discography someday yeah i'm i'm also looking forward to that and i have also enjoyed the listen through uh so we've listened to about 42 tracks so out of those 42 tracks i think i liked about 29 of them so that landed me overall at about a 69% or 3.5 nice <laughs> nice or 3.5 omgs. I I think that the the order that we listen to the albums in is my order of favorite to least favorite. So I think I I liked the first album the best and then second album and then this one. So it it went in order for me. But yeah, yeah, it was a, it, I, I enjoyed it and I was glad to have experienced it. Um, if I had to pick like 10 songs or so, I don't know if I put them in order, uh, but I really liked Midnight, Vibes and Stuff, uh, Verses from the Abstract, Excursions, Bugging Out, Rhythm, Can I Kick It, Luck of Lucian, Push It Along, and Go Ahead in the Rain. Nice. Did you wait? I'm trying to think. Did you pick anything of Midnight Marauders on that list? Midnight. Midnight. The song. Oh, Midnight, Midnight. Midnight. That's a good one. It's a good, it's one. a good one. I actually, by the way, kind of suspected the first album. I before we started this, I thought I bet Logan will really like the first album. <laughs> like it just. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's it's a great album. I just for some reason that was the one that stuck out to me as like I could see Logan digging on this album for sure. Um, which is what this whole thing's all about, right? It's like uh, sure. you know figuring out kind of introducing certain artists to other people. So that actually kind of gets us to a uh, next episode. So the next episode is actually a pregame episode, but um, Matt's going to take the reins for the next couple. And Matt, do you want to explain what the next episode will be about the pregame? And then I don't know if you want to, I guess, will you reveal on the pregame what our next album will be, which will be a palate cleanser. But, yes. Uh, uh, I'll let you take it away. In preparation for our to-be-revealed uh, palate cleanser episode, uh, we're going to take a look at some of our favorite instrumental tracks uh, just from all across uh, the musical spectrum. Once again, thank you for listening, liking, downloading, subscribing, sharing, reviewing, following, and supporting. This has been another episode of More of That Presents Discographology, you can find us on multiple platforms such as Apple, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify. To link up with our social media, visit at More of That Band on Facebook, at Discograph Pod on Twitter, 
and at More of That Presents on Instagram. We also have a YouTube channel for More of That Presents Discographology. As a band, we write and record our own music that can be found on streaming platforms like YouTube Music, Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play. For the most up-to-date, check out moreofthat.bandcamp.com. Our podcast is brought to you by the Ox Audio Network that features a variety of quality podcasts, such as Are You There Pod, a show about young adult novels hosted by Josh A. and Jessica, Shelf Life, a toy collector's podcast featuring Blake and Adam, and Lupine Transmissions for all things strange, dark, and unusual hosted by Tom G. Wolf. For special bonus content, visit and support our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash oxaudio patreon.com forward slash a-u-x-a-u-d-i-o thanks again and as always don't forget to listen to music this goes out to all the non-believers and thirst when we had a thirst to dance we did it all night when we had a thirst to rhyme we broke out the mics when we had a thirst to dress we went and got fresh Image is nothing, but thirst, thirst is everything. Drop a dime on you first. A-U-X. Ox Audio.